Wonderful. All right. We are joined this evening by Riker Murdoch. Riker, how are you doing tonight? I'm good. Awesome. Good. Lazy Sunday. Hey, you know what? Well, <laughs> it was a working Sunday for me, so but oh, still yeah. lazy. Right on. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Yeah, I'm no really problem. I appreciate you taking the time out of your day. Yeah. So yeah, so um, I just let's kind of just dive right on into our interview. So okay. can we start a little bit about your history as an artist? Just tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I well, my whole life I've been the artsy type. Uh, when I was a kid, my mom always said, "Oh, I can't keep pen and paper in the house because I was always drawing something." And, and I used to watch uh, Mark Kistler on PBS like way back in the day, and watch Bob Ross and all that stuff. I used to draw a lot, but recently um, I wanted to get into painting and I didn't know which way to go. And so I just picked up some acrylics and um, I wanted to originally do a piece for my parents and so I picked up a set of acrylics and started practicing and stuff like that. And, and uh, every time I did a different technique to learn something new for my parents' big painting that I was doing, it turned into a whole other project and started building and my friend said, hey, have you thought about selling your work? I'm like, no, I'm just doing it for my parents mm -hmm. and I'm like okay why not let's go for it so I started doing more stuff I started getting involved in the art community and now here I am and there you go the rest is history yeah. <laughs> well hopefully well, a lot of future yeah. oh yeah history going on so this might be jumping the gun a tiny bit but as a fellow fantasy artist um, I have to ask do you consider yourself to be a fantasy artist you know it's funny as I was actually talking to my son the other day um, and he's he's going to like graphic design illustration, mm -hmm. so I get his take on my artwork and stuff okay. like that. You know, um, I started out doing landscapes because that's what I was doing for my parents, and it's kind of evolved from that to I started to do like uh, uh, abandoned places stuff like that, and then I got the gig for the book cover, mm -hmm. which was my first fantasy piece I ever did. And after that, it spawned ideas and inspiration for, you know, more and more fantasy pieces. And that's really all I've done lately. So, and I'm enjoying it even more. And I would say, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I like your, it's a very much a me roundabout way of answering the yeah, question. Let me tell you. <laughs> it's, well, it's all got stories, you know. Right. Yeah. And uh, I, I didn't start out that way, but it's become my favorite. It kind of culminated into that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, there's no rules. I mean, you can do whatever you want. Exactly. There's no regulations. Yeah. There's just a complaint. My clouds don't have to look like the clouds you look up in the right. sky. Right. Yes. So I want to talk about a particular painting okay. of yours. Um, you have a piece that has a couple circus tents within it. Yes. And they're very bright, vibrant red. Beautiful yes. whites in it. And, of course, the backdrop is a midnight sky with a full moon. Yes. I would love to talk to you as an artist about contrasting colors and why they are so effective to the eye? Well, so I've, I've got kind of a love-hate relationship with contrast and okay. stuff like that. We've got one painting that has no contrast whatsoever and I can't, you can't really see anything in it, so I'm gonna scrap, scrap that and start over. But um, I, that's, I don't know. Just something drew your eye to doing that. How did that yeah. painting kind of come into fruition? Well, I um, one of the authors for Pray to the Order, the book cover related for Mitch Klein, was working on another piece about a carnival around by demons, and so I kind of took inspiration from that and kind of created this piece called Dark Fair, okay. which is 
Kind of the same thing. Um, basically, in the moonlight, you see its true form mm -hmm. of you know the 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 evil the entity yeah. that it is. Yeah. And then in the regular uh, street lights, it looks like a normal carnival to draw okay. people in, and then, you know. Right. So. Yeah. Uh, but it's that's a tough one. Okay. Because I, I don't I don't think about that kind of thing. I mean, I I paint what I feel about the piece so it's uh, and it does it has a very macabre oh sense yeah. of itself which I love I have always liked work that has a bit of a dark twist to it because I feel like it's kind of unbridled emotion mm -hmm. or unbridled uh, regulations where there's nothing yeah. stopping it or there's something that might be um, exactly. Nefarious on the other well, side. Well, and uh, hopefully you'll see it in person. I don't know if you saw it in person, but I had. I have seen yeah, it. Yeah, you did. Mm -hmm. You probably did see it. Yeah. Um, if you look closely, um, there's little pieces here and there. They left little clues to something going on in the painting. There's like a clown wig here, and then a popcorn bag sitting there, cotton candy mm -hmm. or ice cream sitting there. Mm -hmm. And the the effect that I wanted to give is something just happened, and sure. then everybody in the car was like gone. Right. And so everything just dropped where they're at, right. and it's all of a sudden it's empty. So. Yeah, so deeply so, unsettling. Something yeah. unsettling there. And well, and that's the thing, you know, I've always wanted to do like a creepy carnival piece. Sure. And so when I was painting it, it's like I kind of drew up on my own fears, what I think would just make me go. Right. And and put it in there. So mm -hmm. it's, you know, the Ferris wheel, it's broken, but it's still running the... the the uh, roller coaster that's got the track out coming up, but it's still running towards it, you know, right. the, just the creepiness of the dark tents. And mm -hmm. yeah. Wonderful. So. No, that, um, I mean, that's an interesting answer to that yeah. question. And it's interesting to hear kind of about the creation behind that painting because it does have a very kind of dark connotation. Yeah. Um, and again, that's something that I absolutely love when I see in art. So you were featured at the bookend gallery, mm -hmm. which I myself have actually shown in as well. Mm -hmm. um, do you have any opinions as far as showing in venues that are not necessarily galleries and how they help artists and maybe if a venue is more open to the public, like what good does that do? How does that help the well, art community? The funny thing is that's how I came into the community. Um, I was introduced to Denny Carmen, and he was doing uh, curating for smaller venues like restaurants and coffee shops mm -hmm. and stuff like that and he kind of took me under his wing and taught me how to do it while I was still finding my way to in acrylic painting mm -hmm. and I eventually started curating myself and so I take care of a couple of locations now and the bookend at the time is actually one of the places that I found artists for okay. and um, I think that personally it Galleries are very intimidating mm -hmm. in general because you hear about Ooh, art gallery. You know, you got to be a certain level to get in there, and and I think for smaller places like coffee shops, restaurants, uh, wine bars, stuff like that, it gives artists maybe not not as good as that fine art level, mm -hmm. or maybe they don't have the confidence to approach a gallery yet. You know, kind of a starting off point. Mm -hmm. You know. And especially in local communities like for uh, Wiley's Bistro that I find artists for, um, we only take in local artists. Okay. And we try to give them a place to show their awesome work, sure. and plus it gives the owner great art on his walls for, right. for the month, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, it's I think it's a great stepping stone for, for newer artists. And, mm -hmm. uh, 
you know, I've really only been actively showing my work for about a year now, but before that, I was still helping fine artists for several locations for quite a few years before mm -hmm. that. And so I can see the effect on I see, you know, new artists come in, they've never done a solo show before, mm -hmm. and they're all excited, like, oh my gosh, you're gonna do solo, I can do it, I can do it by mm -hmm. myself. I'm like, hey, this is the place to do it. And yeah, that's they exciting. Have, they have a blast. So. That's wonderful, yeah. Yeah, I definitely enjoyed the the shows that I have done, and I've really enjoyed the venues mm -hmm. that seem to be a little bit more open to the general public and yeah. draw the general public, and you get a little bit more of an interesting footprint within those areas, exactly. which is kind of cool. So. Well, and, and it also helps artists because there's not a very large group of general society that will just go to an art gallery with mm -hmm. on their own. You know, it's like kind of mm -hmm. like, I like I like music, but I don't like country music, so I won't intentionally turn on country music. But if right. it's there and it sounds cool, right. you know, it's like I won't. You know, some people might not intentionally go to an art gallery because they don't really care about going to an art gallery. But if they walk into a restaurant, see something cool, and well, hey, mm -hmm. that's cool. I think I like that. Sure. Yeah. Well, we're gonna have to scrap this interview because we don't like country music. But you know, I was raised on a farm in southeast Idaho. Does that help? I guess, okay, we can forgive you. <laughs> we I are saw joking. your post, you were listening to country music, so I was like, We, oh. we are joking. <laughs> oh, should I show up? <laughs> that, that is funny. <laughs> so, can you talk to me? I am reading Pray to the Order right now. Oh. Yeah. I am loving it. Again, I love fantasy fiction. It's mm -hmm. one of my favorite genres. I've read it since I was a child. I I'm love definitely. it. Can you tell me how you got involved in the project? That's, that's funny because um, I was at a point where I had just finished a big piece for my father-in-law and for that for my dad and I was and I was sitting there and I was, have all the, as a landscape artist you have tons of reference photos that you take by yourself or from other people you know mm -hmm. and I was sitting there flipping through them like I don't know what to paint I got five blank canvases I have no idea what to paint and so I posted online I paint, posted a picture of my blank canvas I'm like well I've got blank canvas what do I do? Mm-hmm. What do I paint? Anybody got any ideas? And I had uh, had Midge Klein on my friends list for a while because she was doing a cookbook and I saw her spoken, I can't remember where it was. Um, and she's like, oh hey, could you paint like a, a monastery with like monks, maybe like magical portals and stuff? And I'm like, okay. Oh, uh, I've never done it before, but I'll try it. Mm -hmm. And that that's how it happened. It's just kind of downhill from there. <laughs> what? No, it's a lovely... It's totally, book. like, random, like, oh, gee. Right. And, like, a roll, I uh, just a, a snowball effect. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that spawned, like, you know, after I got the after I got the cover done, I had... I was like, well, let's see what I can do with this. So mm -hmm. I planned about seven other paintings, and I wanted to start actually showing my work, and I was going to start at Wiley's, where I mm -hmm. found the art. I'm like, I'm going to start there. Oh, wonderful. And so I had... I started in August, and I had until January first finished seven large, large scale paintings. Wow! Mm -hmm. And so I only averaged like one every month or two, mm -hmm. so I had to like really push it. And, right. But um, yeah, Pretty the Order was a blast. It was it was cool because I never, I never worked with authors before. Mm -hmm. so that was my first time ever doing a book cover, and seeing the process they go through is pretty interesting too. But it was right. I got to actually uh, pick picked Midge's brain while she was writing it because mm -hmm. she was still in the process of finishing it when I was working on the cover mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. it was it was really fun that's interesting because it's like you're translating one artist's work 
yep. into now something that you have to translate to be the book cover. Yeah. And so it, it's not only translating something from like a client, it's now turned into two artists collaborating exactly. into this work. And it's a very neat book cover. I mean, it's very, very Thank cool. You. Very ethereal. Very neat. So. Yeah, I, um, it was, uh, oh shoot. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a challenge. I mean, I've never... Because mm -hmm. it was so new and different. Yeah, I didn't know how to... But um, I've, I've got a heck of an imagination. I've been into mm -hmm. fantasy and mm -hmm. all my life. And, and uh, so I had to basically... I was excited because I got to create what was in her mind. I got to actually right. bring it to life. And a couple of my other paintings are from the book. So I got to take scenes from the book and actually create that scene. Mm -hmm. One of the pieces is from the book where a portal's actually opening and there's a fallen angel mm -hmm. standing near the portal and I got to kind of imagine what that portal would look like as it's opening. Like, mm -hmm. you know, the ley lines coming together and then just this power building, that, mm -hmm. you know, so. Oh, that's so neat, yeah. It's, it's a lot of fun, I have fun with it. It's a little bit uh, cool because I get to kind of nerd out right now since, again, oh, nerd out fantasy and nerds, science so. fiction, and especially talking to someone who's actually illustrated something for a fantasy piece is, yeah. I'm like, it's very it's, cool, it's, it's very cool for oh, me. Yeah. So, um, on your page, I love a comment you say. You write something on your page that I think is absolutely wonderful, and I'd love for you to kind of iterate and talk a little bit about it. Um, you talk about how artists see the world in a different way. Can you tell us why you think that and where you think that comes from? Um, so if there, think of my bio, but when I when I look at things personally, I don't see you know green trees. I don't see brown trunks. I don't see black asphalt. I don't mm -hmm. see you know, a red door. I see all the colors that make up those, the green leaves. I see all the different kinds of shades of green. I see mm -hmm. all the different shades of gray and black and blues that are in asphalt, stuff like that, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I see the the colors of the lights that are reflecting off the snow, not the white of the snow. Right. Just, just in my mind. Mm -hmm. And so I think uh, the creative types are kind of wired that way. You know, they mm -hmm. use a different side of their brain. They can see those <coughs> little details, you know. Right. I was driving I was driving over here and I actually saw the reflection of the sun off the road as I was driving. And I'm like, oh, shoot, I can use that. Because I, I see how it reflects off the off the pavement, and I can actually use that kind of reflection in one of my works that I'm working on. And mm -hmm. So I can see how to create that versus just, oh, the sun's in my eyes, it hurts. You know? Right, yeah. You know? It's almost like your interpretation or an artistic interpretation is different from someone who might not be exactly. artistically creative. Exactly. In a way, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. So, and so I feel like because I'm an artist and because I see things that way, um, I... I almost have a responsibility. No, it's something I should do is to help translate that. Right. You right. know, mm -hmm. to for for people who are not artistically inclined or have that mindset to view it, make it applicable. Work. Yeah. To other yeah. people. Yeah. Yep. Um. So you mentioned a little bit earlier that you started in landscapes, and I've mm -hmm. seen some of your landscapes, and a lot of them do have a bit of a um, ethereal feel or a surreal aspect to them, especially a piece that features a tree within water. And I'm just curious about 
again, you said that your fa- being a fantasy artist was something that was fairly new yes. to you. But I'm curious if you, all your landscape paintings always had a little bit of that touch to it. Um, I think they did. That that piece is actually that's interesting because um, one of my good friends from high school back in my hometown actually took a photo of that exact painting. Like that painting is painted directly from a reference mm-hmm. photo wow. of a tree sitting out in a lake like that. Wow! I was like, oh, I love it. Uh-huh. And so she's like, yeah, paint it. I'm like, where are you gonna paint it? And so, um, yeah, it's and. I think it goes back to the way I, the way I see things, right? Um, because you know, growing up, I grew up on a farm, and we used to always work cattle in the spring and in the fall, and we'd be out there at six o'clock in the morning, and then the mist and the fog would be coming off the off the ground, and I, I don't remember, you know, a lot of regular things like oh, the cows were doing this, cows were mm-hmm. that. I remember the smell of the morning, the fog, and how I felt, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that, and just. I don't know. So I guess I guess taking from that kind of stuff is why it might have that surreal sure. feel to it. Yeah. You know? I like creating the atmosphere of the of the right, piece. Right. Right. Thing. Something so. that I, I've always called that um, artwork with action, oh. where there's action within it. You know, there's there's you're thinking, is there a story to this? What's going on here? What's just happened? Mm-hmm. What's going to happen? Yeah. And your work feels like that. Like there is a little bit of this kind of burning. Um, you know, this ectoplasm left there, there over from Ooh, whatever right has happened. One. Yes. Um, and there it's something that, go. yeah, that mm-hmm. is very easy to see within your work. So. Well, and, um, <clears throat> like, I can't remember who said, um, but there's uh, an artist that I followed, I can't remember who it was, but he said there's three things that every every piece of work should have, should have action, um, movement, mm-hmm and passage of time right and so i try to create that in every one of my mm-hmm. pieces mm-hmm. there's something related to those two things in each right you can see that yeah yeah you yeah. can definitely see like that. um one piece i did was a i painted a reproduction of my great grandmother's painting mm-hmm. of, of quails in a barn in the background and i made sure to put lights on in the barn even though it was at dusk mm-hmm. so that um, it looks like someone's actually working in the barn, you know, the quails getting ready to take off the take off from the fence So there's movement there, you know, the passage sure. of time is it's a dust So it's still light outside there's stars in the sky that type of thing, you know, mm-hmm. so So uh, let's talk a little bit more about fantasy and science fiction yes. and okay. all my ploy <laughs> um, <laughs> Oh, you talk about all you want, huh? right? So uh, what are your thoughts on the genre of fantasy and science fiction and do you feel that I don't want to feel like I'm leading that, but do you do you feel that those two genres are poorly represented within the art world or not taken as seriously as some other genres are? If you, if you're thinking like traditional art world, like paintings hanging on mm-hmm. a wall, stuff like that, um, yes, I I think they're underrepresented um, because it's not the norm. The norm right. is. A bowl of I hate fruit. to say it. You want to see, you know, a lot of people want to go to Walmart and and buy the the print of some mountain somewhere, mm-hmm. you know, and stuff like that. You know, not a lot of not a lot of people will go and buy a big science fiction painting, mm-hmm. you know, or a big fantasy painting and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And so, you know, maybe I'll change that a little bit around here. I don't know. One can wish. Yeah. I hope. I hope. I hope. <laughs> 
but yeah, I mean, it's it, you know, it, you, you think about the nerd world, right? Um, like with D and D and stuff like that, and there's a huge following, right? It. There's there's books, there's hundred hundreds of pages of books that are just fantasy art alone for D and D, right? You know, we've got um, people that. Like, I've kind of delved into this recently, um, altering, like, Magic the Gathering cards, mm -hmm. extending that artwork a little bit more and making it a collector's item for the owners and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And it's it's definitely under undervalued, underrepresented, represented, yeah. mm -hmm. you know. It is. It has a very distinct feeling of, because I've been a fantasy artist since I was a child. Oh, nice. And it was something that I've always loved, and I've always loved the lack of rules and the lack mm -hmm. of restraint mm -hmm. when oh, it yeah. comes to what you can and can't do. Yeah. And, but I always felt from comments and even from like maybe a general attitude that fantasy art had no place on someone's wall, that nobody wanted it. And yeah. so it's been hard to break that norm of being confident in my own art when... That's understandable. I mean, because, you know, it's... The, the nerd world is... Even though it's becoming more mainstream... Right. You know, how many... How long was it not cool to be a nerd right. or be a geek, you know? Right. And so I, th I think the big thing is a lot of that stuff still taboo to a lot of people. Right. Yeah. You know, you can't have a big warrior, you know, with a big giant sword killing a, a creature on your wall. It's just weird. Mm -hmm. It's right. not okay. Right. You know? And somehow it's odd, but it's just... Yeah. It's or, or, the, or a demon ran carnival hanging on your wall, a big 24 by 36 painting. Who's going right. to have that on their wall? Mm -hmm. I, I do, but it's, you know... So there's mine, definitely, like, some breaking out of social norms, even I, within I the art that's, world. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think so, definitely. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, seeing... I, I got a lot of positive feedback when I hung my art up at Wiley's in January for mm -hmm. my first solo show. And everybody was saying, I love the carnival. I, 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 I was a little worried. I was like, I don't know if I, that's kind of dark. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know. You know, and I have the piece of the fallen angel. I'm like, mm -hmm. eh, I don't know. But everybody loved them. Yeah. And I think people, like, especially from, I can say for myself, when I see artwork and when I see when I read something, when I see something, when I watch a film, mm -hmm. I want to be affected in some way. If mm -hmm. that means disgust, if that means revulsion, <laughs> yeah. if that means yeah. in awe, I want some movement within myself where I have yeah. an emotional response or a reaction. Oh, yeah. I don't want to look at a bowl of fruit and yeah. say those colors are lovely. Yeah. Some of that's cool. I want the bowl of fruit to have like worms coming out of it. A little right. battle, I, like a mini, like all mini bugs, like having a battle with like swords and stuff on top. Yes. Please gotta make give notes. me that bowl of fruit. <laughs> we gotta make, uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's you know. So. Now, which one of your paintings would you consider to have been maybe your most challenging project you've taken on? The one I'm currently working on is my biggest challenge because it's my biggest fantasy piece that I'm doing. Mm -hmm. It's a big thirty by forty-eight huge thing um, and it's based on a book that I'm going to be writing with Mitch Klein oh wow okay for next year mm -hmm. she's working on a book that's coming out this year and she'll talk more about that okay but the one that's coming out next year and it's all fantasy it's based on a story that I've had in my mind for like 10 20 years okay. and I'm finally bringing it to life and I'm trying to create this world that this story is based in mm-hmm 
and so I'm going full on fantasy with it. It's something from my mind I have no reference to go on. Mm -hmm. And I think it's it's rough. It is really rough. Right. But one thing I've tried to do in all my work is try to include a new technique that I haven't done before okay. to improve my own art. Mm -hmm. You know, one, one painting I focused, uh, there's a painting of Knigsey Bridge in Germany, and I focused on reflection, water reflection on that one. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's, you know, a painting I did for my dad, I focused on uh, larger format. It was a 24 by 48 and it had, you know, massive uh, uh, sunrise, sun, sunrise sky and little tiny buildings way off in the background mm -hmm. and everything. And so every, every painting I do is a challenge mainly because I want to challenge myself. Right. But I think this newest one is definitely, it's, I finally finished the sky on it after around 30 or 40 hours. Wow. Just the sky alone. Mm -hmm. But it's create. It's that whole, I'm creating a fantasy painting with no rules. So right. I'm making up the rules as I go along for this realm that this story is taking place. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's, yeah, it's, wow. it's crazy. Oh, I'm, I'm very <laughs> excited to see that. And I'm very excited to um, talk to Midge and be able yes. to, well, and be able to look forward to your guys' new project because I'm very much enjoying Pray to the Order Dragons. right now. So Dragons. Yes. So. All you need. Dragons. Murder lizards. That's well, all I want. And I won't, I won't say a lot about it. Midge gets so mad at me when I, when I try and like give away, you know, details. Oh, sure. About. Okay. But, um, we're kind of creating a backstory for this whole universe that we're working on creating. Okay that's based on Predator of the Order. Okay, sure. And so it's going to be dragons. Do we need to edit that out so no. she doesn't get mad at you? Well, she can get mad at me. You can okay. talk to her about it. So you can get mad at Riker whenever he talks about stuff that you guys are working on. That we might just bond over that. <laughs> there you <actually>. go. <laughs> That'll be a wonderful thing to talk about. She's so. like, quit talking about it. I don't want to quit talking about it. You're excited. Yeah. I know. So now I am someone who gets easily distracted. Mm. I have an Xbox One. I enjoy all sorts of <sighs> things. So I I get distracted by them. What is something like? Do you have any things that you do that help lock out lock out the distractions and block down the noise so you can focus on your work? Well, I am married and I have <laughs> four kids. So <laughs> two of them live with us, and then two of them live with my ex up. You know, and so uh, we. We've got I've got my own little corner in the basement mm -hmm. where I got my easel set up and all my paint stuff and that's my corner. Mm -hmm. Nobody touches it, um, and I have really really good headphones. Okay. Oh, wonderful. So yep. just block and out. I have block a, it out. I have a little smart device that plays my music and okay. voice command, and I've got noise canceling earbuds. Mm -hmm. I just put in and I just go. So Kids I it's gonna be running crazy and the house could be burning down. I'd be like. <laughs> <laughs> I have no kids, and so mm. I have no excuse. I just get easily distracted. <laughs> That's okay, too. So, That's okay. Because yeah. I get easily distracted, too, because I, I do RC cars, I play Xbox, I, you know, I have my wife, hang out with my kids. Mm -hmm. It's like, so my, my painting time is really after the kids are in bed. I get a right. couple hours a night to... And then kind of gear down and allow yourself yeah. to really enjoy immersing mm -hmm. yourself in that. So... Yep. Or when everybody's sick and they go on vacation, mm -hmm. that kind of thing, yeah. Now, you were mentioning a little bit about how you've been involved in the art scene, and you met Danny Carmen, who, of course, is part of mm -hmm. uh, River Ridge Art oh, Association. Yeah. Yep. Um, and so, can you talk to me a little bit about how 
you would like to be involved in the art scene or what you would like to see yourself doing within the art scene? Um, you know, honestly, I think getting my out, my art out there more is my biggest thing right now. Mm -hmm. I've been involved. I mean, you know, Denny's been like art commissioner on the city and everything like that. And I don't know if I want to get that involved, mm -hmm. but I think getting involved with the newer artists like I have been, um, finding artists for venues and stuff mm -hmm. like that, mm -hmm. and you know, getting my own artwork out there, I think I'm good right. in the local community. I mean, granted, I've, yeah, I, I may have submitted a portfolio to Wizards of the Coast mm -hmm. for d and Okay, okay, But, yes. you know, I would, I would love to do stuff like, I would, in general, I like my art to be a part-time gig that I can make it decent. Right. I'll right. make him out, whatever. But, We're going to have you know, to talk Dragon uh, Lance at yeah. some point. They are my favorite books. I have not read Dragon. I might have to send you home with one because they're phenomenal. It's before D&D &D was made. Oh, I know. I, 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 know the, I, know, I know of them and know uh -huh. what they're about, but I just haven't had a chance. I imagine so. our, the people who are watching our interview <laughs> are probably like, shut up, nerds. <laughs> Oh no, we're nerds and we flag our we, fly, I'm flag. Gonna fly, I'm going to fly yep, my flag. Yep, yep, yep. So I'd like to ask you a final question. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, as someone who is establishing themselves as an artist and has worked hard to move into the art scene here, um, is there, like, what would you say to maybe a young artist to encourage them if they're finding uh, it hard to find validity or attraction in the art world? What's some advice you would give them? See, I'm older, mm -hmm. and so, but I still struggle, mm -hmm. you know, because it's, I, I think the biggest struggle I had when I was starting this was not letting what other artists do dictate what I create. Mm -hmm. I think, I think the best thing I can say is that don't let other don't let what other people tell you dictate what you create. Right. Create right. what you want. Create what you feel. Create right. what's in your head. Yeah. And even though, you know, I've got I've got kind of a niche style in the way I do mm -hmm. my art, and not a lot of people will buy it. They oh that's mm -hmm. cool, but they won't take it home mm -hmm. with them. And I that's fine. It doesn't bother me. I enjoy doing it for myself. Right. And I think the biggest thing is yeah, just don't let. Don't let what you hear or what you see dictate what you want to create. Right. Don't do it for, for other people. Do it for yourself. Yeah. Because even if your style is way off and left filled from anything out right. there, somebody out there will love your art and will appreciate it and will it will make a difference for them. Right. Yeah. Well, that's wonderful advice. So, yeah. so Riker, thank you so much for joining yeah. us this evening. Again, I got to let my nerdy little heart was oh, very yeah. happy. Oh, yeah. Um, can you, of course, we can find you at Artist Simply, which yes. is, of course, the magazine that we are yep. interviewing for. Can you tell our audience where else they can find you if they're interested in seeing your work or purchasing your paintings or your prints? Uh, if you go to Twitter, it's at by Riker. Instagram is at Art by Riker. Facebook is Art by Riker. Okay. So it's kind of, and when I finish my, I'm going to have a web page by the end of the year, I think. So. Okay. And are you gearing up to do a show anytime soon? I have got so many shows. Um, I started Wiley's in January, and then I went from there. I, I just got done with my stuff at First Avenue Coffee last month, okay. which that's amazing. If you like coffee, you know, 
check them out. Um, they're at, um, all my work is at Taza Coffee right now. Okay. At the Rock Point Business Park. Okay. And then next month I'm going to be at the Flower Mill Artists for two of their shows Wonderful. in April. Okay. At the Flower Mill and then May, I'm at the bookend again. Okay. And then June, we're actually going to be at Comic-Con in Spokane. Yes. I am a vendor. I'm not going to the artist. I'm going as a vendor because we want to bring in Midge and her books are going to be okay. there. And we're going to have the Dragon Realm piece that I'm mm -hmm. working on as the centerpiece above the whole table. Mm -hmm. and they're going to have Dark Fair there and then we have another new one Wonderful. that I haven't talked about yet there okay. that I'm working on. And then we'll have, you know, the cover, the painting cover up and everything. Mm -hmm. and it's going to be amazing. So. I cosplay also. <gasps> it is like one of my favorite hobbies ever. You stop by and see Yes, I will. I'm actually going to go as Morrigan this year. For no, Dragon no. Age. Yep. I love Dragon Age. Yeah, I know. Anyway, thank you so much, yes. you guys. Obviously, we're going to continue this interview after we get done. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll still talk. Thank you so much for your time, and yeah, no I hope you have a wonderful evening. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Bye.